We're going to call it. And welcome to Twig. Folks, welcome to Twig, your weekly geekly family-friendly news show that tackles everything from three, three major tech event recaps in this one episode to Unity becoming the new villain of the gaming sphere with some games in between. If you're listening on the podcast version of the show, be sure to give us a good review. Click that like button on YouTube if you're watching there. Also, hi, YouTube in the chat. Or you can come and listen live as all of these wonderful people did here on twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern whereabouts. <laughs> Sometimes it's more like 8.35, but you know, details, details. Folks, as always, we're going to start this one with our watch, play, read. What did you watch? What did you play? What did you read this past weekend? Let us know in the chat what you've been getting into. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments. And if you're listening to the podcast, then I think just say it in the air. And whoever's around to hear it just kind of hears it and probably thinks that you're losing it. But it's fine. Just tell them that you're listening to Twig, the weekly geekly family-friendly news show from Checkpoint Church, twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church. What have I been watching, you ask? Well, for those of you that have stuck around with the show for the last little while, you know that I've been stuck on Let's Plays for right now. And so I am watching the great Ace Attorney Chronicles full Let's Play, one and two. I'm about 80 hours. I'm about 80 hours into this Let's Play, and I don't understand why this is my life, but this is the way it is. This is the way that things are going for me right now. I've been playing Starfield, playing quite a bit of it, and I'm enjoying it. I think that there's a lot to love about this game. There's also a lot to kind of like, eh, too. It's, it's a little bit of both, a little column A, a little column B. But all around, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the story significantly more than I anticipated. And yeah, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul. I think I'm going to end up beating the game probably tomorrow morning, maybe tomorrow night. We'll see how it continues to go. I'm also playing through the messenger with the button bash brigade here at Checkpoint. And I am reading with our book club here at Checkpoint, How to Lose a Time War. Almost done with that one. Got like two chapters left. And then I am reading SAO Volume 10, Sword Art Online Volume 10 at this point, um, which I believe is the second volume of Elisization, which is just bonkers that I've gotten this far into the audiobook. But I'm enjoying it. The light novels, man, I'm telling you, if you've been holding out on reading the light novels for Sword Art, if that's something that you've been wanting to do at any point in time, you got to do the audiobook. It is the way a light novel was meant to be consumed because it is just basically a script anyway. Let's see what the chat says. Deacon Shannon is reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Christina is playing The Messenger. Really fun, though quite hard. Shannon has also watched watched One Piece, which was our latest nerdy sermon as well. Caster Troy started Chosen Season 3. I've got to catch The Chosen eventually. I've, I think I've watched the first episode or maybe half of the first episode, and then it was like, oh boy, this is great, but time. They really need, I don't even know, they may even have this feature, but I am a 2x person. I like to watch things at two times speed. If I can do that, that would be the dream. Christina says, watching way too much Smosh. Shannon says, played Carcassonne and Castles of Burgundy. Love it. Cones of Dunshire. Mayfly is on hour 252 of BG3. That is so much BG3. Although I will say, since I've been so into Baldur's Gate and I've been looking up things and I think that my phone just listens to me anyway, uh, I have been on Baldur's Gate TikTok and there is so much 
to this game. There's so much to Baldur's Gate. I don't understand how there's so much to this game. It just never stops. And I keep seeing people type out things and it's just like, there is, there's, there's always more. There's always more. Chris says, also just got AC Odyssey. So just started that. I've been waiting for this game for a while. And Mayfly says Odyssey is really good. And also that BG3 is too much or so much, not too much. You didn't say too much. I won't put those words in your mouth. You just said it is so much. And it is so much. I would say maybe too much, but I love it. I love how much is in this game. Honestly, it makes me want to bump it up a bit if it wasn't for that stinking third act. I'm telling you, I just had such a poor experience. I really want to go back when they release the Goatee edition and play that third act again, because I, I just, I, I just, I, I deserved better. <laughs> That sounds so that sounds so wrong, but I feel like I deserved better and the game deserved better for itself. And I just I needed I needed more. It's not just me, Mayfly. It is such the it is so the predominant opinion online, I assure you. Act three, it's not technically broken, it's narratively broken. It needs more. It's just not, it's not, it's just so clear that they had more and they didn't do it. And I needed more. So I'm very curious to see what they decide to fix in Act 3 and how much they deliver. I, I think they can do better, and I know that they can do better. It is, it is not broken in the sense that, like, it breaks the game. They delivered a, they delivered a complete product. It never... Hmm, did it crash on me? I don't remember if Baldur's Gate crashed on me. I definitely had to restart the game several times because things were broken in it, but I was also playing on Steam Deck, and it's also... I mean, it's Baldur's Gate. It's huge. We've talked about it, so... It's, it's a weird thing, but... Regardless, I want better for Act 3 because I think it is a awesome game and I wanted the third act to cement the experience and it just didn't for me, at least. With that, we're going to move into some of our news stories where we talk about Baldur's Gate for the entire one. Eventually, we just got to have a Baldur's Gate episode of Twig where we just talk about nothing but Baldur's Gate because me and Mayfly, I'm telling you, we could go into it for hours. Next up is our first news story. We're going to do a Nintendo Direct recap. I'm going to try and go through these things as quickly as possible so as not to waste your time during this. You can go back and watch Nintendo Direct. I would fully recommend you do it. I thought it was a great Direct. I'm hearing a lot of people saying it was mid. I disagree with them. Mario versus Donkey Kong started off the show, a remake of the original GBA game. Fantastic game, February 16th, 2024. Confirmed for $50, which I think is too much. I think it should have been $40, but I digress. Princess Peach Showtime looks like so much fun. It's the new Princess Peach game. It does not look like they're dialing it in. It looks like they are actually creating a Princess Peach game, and I'm super in. March 22nd, 2024. F-099, which is actually what I'd love to play tonight, but I know we're playing Minecraft, so so I didn't put it on the voter. I should have should have done it, but I didn't do it. It is just like uh, Tetris 99 or Mario 35, but with F-0 instead. The Nintendo Museum is also being set to open in March of next year, and the big conclusion to the show was that Paper Mario Mario the Thousand Year Door, the GameCube classic game, will be getting a remake coming next year. Quickly highlighting through the other announcements, only showing the ones that I think are the most exciting. Splatoon 3, got a side order DLC. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Horizon Chase 2. Super Crazy Rhythm Castle. Spy X Anya, a spy family game. Okay. Super Mario RPG, we got more gameplay. Something that I'm extremely excited for, another code for the makers of Hotel Dusk, which is one of my favorite games of all time. I've never been able to play another code because I've never been able to find them. They are releasing both the first game again and the second game that never uh, got released in the States are coming in a collection together. January 19, 2024. Do not talk to me for the end of January into February because I'm going to be playing nothing but that game. Saga Emerald Beyond announced for 2024. Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered. Hilarious. I laughed so hard at Tomb Raider. I thought 
it was so ridiculous. It did not need to come out, but whatever it did. And it looks fine. It looks okay. Detective Pikachu returns. We got another segment. Look at that. Trombone Champ is coming to the Switch. Battle Crush, War Tales, Contra Operation Galaga, Unicorn Overlord, Luigi Mansion 2 HD is coming to the Switch. Uh, We got to look at some new Amiibo, a new Zelda Amiibo, Ganondorf, Noah and Mio from Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and Sora which completes the Super Smash Brothers Amiibo collection. We got to look at both of the League of Legends stories, Bandle Tale and Song of Nunu. We got to look at WarioWare, move it with some embarrassing micro games. Iodin Chronicles, 100 Heroes, Eastward Octopia DLC was announced. Wargroove 2, Day the Diver will be coming to Switch. And the final in the Deluxe Booster Course DLC for Mario Kart 8 announced some new characters. And we also got to look at Among Us, the Fungal Map, a new map that will take us out of a spaceship and in to a real place. So that is everything announced in the Nintendo Direct. Let me know if any of those just particularly interested you, if that was something super exciting for you. I thought a real highlight of this one was another code for me personally, but overall, I think the thing that won it for me was Princess Peach Showtime. I'm excited to see Princess Peach finally getting her her go. I'm excited to see that they're actually giving it an attempt, and I think that thumbs up from me for that in particular. It is not owned by Nintendo. Among Us is getting new content. Among Us is on everything at this point. And it just so happened that Nintendo got to be the one to announce the DLC map for their Direct. So it, it's, it's been hypothesized that Among Us was going to be getting a new map soon anyway, because the, the like Starship or whatever, the big, the big ship that they announced or that they released was actually quite a while ago. So it was about time for some new content for that game. And I think it's going to be just exactly fine. All right, into our next one. Spotify is releasing a new day list. Day list instead of playlist. Evolves with your day and your mood, giving you a personalized soundtrack from sunrise to sunset. Spotify has announced Daylist, a new personalized playlist that dynamically updates throughout the day based on users' moods and listening habits. The feature is designed to reflect the user's day by taking into account their historical engagement with Spotify, uh, resulting in playful subtitles such as Windows Down Through a Wave Thursday evening or Happy Dance Energy Friday morning. The playlist builds on Spotify's prior experience with niche mixes, which provided custom playlists based on specific user input activities or moods. Daylist's graphical representation evolves throughout the day to mirror different times, transitioning from morning sun to evening sunset, and finally to nighttime themes. The playlist also comes with an integrated sharing feature that includes screenshots, personalized stickers, and shareable cards. Users can easily find their daylist on Spotify or via a direct link. Initially available in English-speaking markets only, uh, daylist will expand to other regions in the coming months. So... This is pretty cool. I've looked into it. I've done a couple of the day lists at this point. Unfortunately, with my particular listening habits, I don't know when they started tracking them. I get obsessed with a certain sound. And so currently I'm obsessed with Future Funk, and I have heard nothing but Future Punk and City Pop so far from my particular day list account. So I don't know when that's going to change, and if it's going to change, if it's going to continue to learn my, my moods and my behaviors. But currently it thinks that I listen to one thing and one thing only. Christina says, oh, I should have read that when it popped up today. Thank goodness for Twig. I hope it's better than the DJ thing was. I didn't hate DJ. Uh, I enjoy DJ in, in particular 
whenever I was like getting ready in the morning, I thought it was nice to just have, I grew up in the very much the radio era of listening to Matt and Ramona out of Charlotte. And so I, I love the DJ experience and I like what they were trying to do with it, even if it didn't always necessarily work. I found that it cycled through about four different moods and hopefully Daylist is a little bit more flexible than just like, all right, it's anime morning. <laughs> like I need a little more than that. I think that they could do better. So we'll see how they continue to, to develop this. I'm excited to see more things. I, I like seeing the way that they're implementing AI instead of just being like, we made cool album art for you. They're like, we're going to try and tailor a better experience for you. I appreciate that about Spotify. I'm a bit of a Spotify shill. I'm sure that they have their dark side. I don't particularly like what they did with podcasts two years ago, but you know, it is what it is. And I'm excited to see how these continue to develop. And if I use them like at all. I'm curious to see if they'll sunset DJ. I don't think they will, but maybe they'll sunset DJ. If anybody will, Spotify is known for closing down things. So maybe they'll get rid of him if he wasn't well, well used or well loved. With that, we're going to do our next one. The Apple product recap. All of the things announced at the latest Apple event, just kind of recapping some of the products in particular. The iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Pro Max features the new A17 Pro chip, Apple's first three nanometer chip with 19 billion transistors, because that means a lot to you, I presume. It's made of light and durable titanium this time. Introduced the action button for instant access to functions like the camera, voice memos, and flashlight. I won't say what I'm thinking, but... You know, it offers the longest optical zoom in among Apple devices, among Apple devices. Available in finishes of black titanium, white titanium, blue titanium, and natural titanium, starting at $9.99 for, or $41.62 per month for 24 months, starting Friday, September 22nd. So this Friday. The iPhone 15 is getting a new dynamic island feature that bubbles up alerts and live activities. 48 megapixel main camera with 4x resolution and two times telephoto. Made with durable color-infused glass and aluminum. D is going to be having a USB-C port. They've officially confirmed it. They were forced into doing that by the UK, and now they have kind of leaned into it. I appreciate it. You know what? I don't say a lot of nice things about Apple, but I should. I appreciated that they kind of owned up to it a little bit and were like, we're catching up with the times with this. And no, instead of like being like, we had a genius idea of putting a USB port in a phone. Instead of saying that, they were like, yes, we're behind. Now we're caught up with this. Depth perception feature for automatically altering photos and 20 hours of video playback. It is starting at $7.99 or $33.29 per month for 24 months and is also going to be coming out this Friday. The Apple Watch Series 9, a custom Apple silicon with more powerful, faster features, a new dual-core CPU with 5.6 billion transistors, which I know you're all very concerned about the billions of transistors that you have. Four-core neural engine for machine machine learning tasks, a double tap feature, which you can now double tap with your watch. And it, 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 I guess there's like a nerve right there that fires and it's going to tell your watch things based off that. I don't like that at all. I really hope Google does not implement that into my Google Pixel watch because I don't want that. Uh, display with a maximum brightness of up to 2000 lumens. Uh, the price is $400 or 3325 a month for 12 months. Also available this Friday. The Apple Watch Ultra 2 designed for sports and outdoor use, a lightweight titanium case. They're really leaning in hard to titanium this year. Rugged corrosion resistant, water resistant up to 100 meters and meets the mill standard 810H and IP6X dust resistant standards, which I know also means a lot to everyone here. S9 SIP powers its retina display and it has a built-in action button as well for simple tasks. The price is $800 or $66.58 per month for 12 months. 
And then they also announced that they are now carbon neutral on all their Apple watches, including going with with more innovations in materials, clean energy, and low carbon shipping and all of their things. So let me know your thoughts about the Apple event. I am an Apple hater, so I won't say any more than I've already said about them because I don't want to make fun of Apple. But I did think I appreciated that they've now officially switched to USB-C. I can't wait that my wife and I will now officially use the same stinking chargers. I don't have to buy two sets of chargers for everything that we do. Although I don't know when she's going to upgrade. She might not even get this iPhone. (laughs) She's so like, I just want the one that works. And, and, you know, we'll see whenever we, whenever we, whenever we get this, if we get this, how it works and how we like it. But do let me know if you're planning on getting the new iPhone or the new Apple watch or any of those things. And let me know how they work out for you. Next up, we're going to move into Google's Bard is now diving deeper into your tools, aiming to amplify your imagination, but don't worry, still promising to keep your secrets and avoid becoming Skynet. Google is introducing an update to its Bard chatbot, now dubbed Bard Extensions. That integrates with various Google services. This allows users to direct Bard to access specific information across their Google account. Alongside a new double check the response feature, lets Bard verify its own answers using online resources. The leaders of the Leaders of the project are emphasizing Bard's role in enhancing collaboration with AI, a concept he calls augmented imagination. It is not sentient, assures us, the lead developer, drawing a distinction between AI capabilities and true sentience. Bard will remain available at bard.google.com for the time being as it undergoes further testing and refinements. Are you using Bard or using any AI out there? I'm only using the Bard that is already integrated within my Google suite. I like using Google products. I like using the, the Google Drive products and the things that they've created. So I've been playing around with it here and there, but for the most part, I prefer my third parties. So I, I really, I really like going into the the world of all of the other things that, that exist out there, such as ChatGPT and MidJourney, and then bringing them in to my Google experience. I don't really like the like pop-ups that happen every time I'm trying to type a sentence and they're like, would you like us to enhance that? And I'm like, no, I wrote the sentence I wrote. So we'll see uh, if I end up using Bard at all or how they continue to develop and when they start charging for it. But let me know if you're planning on using this one or if you're excited at all about Bard and the things that it offers. Next up. Okay. Another recap, our third recap. Folks, we've done it. We have recapped two major tech events, and now it is time for our third. On the same day as Nintendo Direct, PlayStation announced their state of play, and these are some of the things that they announced during that time. We officially have a release date and announcement for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the second part in the Final Fantasy VII Remake, releasing on February 29th, Leap Day 2024, Square Enix's second chapter, as I said, in the Final Fantasy VII Remake project. Marvel's Spider-Man 2, we got an extended preview showcasing New York City expansion to Brooklyn and Queens. This is, of course, developed by Insomniac, a fantastic game that is now getting another sequel. I still consider Miles Morales a sequel. I don't know. It's always weird whenever they have like a game and then two, like one, another game, and then two. Like, what is this middle one? Is it one and a half? Is this a Lion King situation? What are we working with here? Regardless, Resident Evil 4 Remake DLC is coming out very soon. We'll talk more about that in our upcoming games feature in just a moment. But this is the original game's Separate Ways add-on releasing on September 21st. It will allow you in Mercenaries mode to to use Ada Wong and Albert Wesker. And they are also saying that VR2 support is expected this winter for RE4. Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn expansion release date uh, of November 9th. I was surprised to see Tales of Arise getting any DLC. It's been years, but hey, sure. Helldivers 2, a preview featured a takedown of the Bile Titan and announced a release date of February 8th, 2024 on both both PS5 and Steam. 
Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Explore the western frontier of Pandora and reconnect with your lost Navi heritage set between the first and second Avatar movies. Why not the fifth and the sixth at this point, you know? I mean, we got so many movies coming out, apparently. Releasing in 2024 at some point. This was hilarious. If you have not gone and watched the trailer for Baby Steps. Baby Steps is a new walking simulator originally developed by Quop. If you have never played the game Quop, that is a classic Flash game that anyone around my age will remember laughing at with full belly laughs. Uh, and then also Ape Out. <laughs> so two people that I wouldn't expect to, to work together, but Quop and Ape Out creators, and they also is grappling hooks in this game. It's a goofy mess. I have no idea what to expect of this game. It reminds me of like, of I don't even know. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Quop, but there's almost like aspects of it that are intentionally goofy and maybe trying to be like deeper meaning. Regardless, coming out by Devolver Digital next year. Honkai Star Rail, we got an announcement that it's coming to PS5. Foam Stars open beta, we already knew a little bit about this one, but they did want to announce that the open beta is starting September 29th to October 1st for PS5 players if you want to try it out. And then we also got to look at some of the new DualSense colors. The Sony Deep Earth collection of DualSense controllers, Volcanic Red, Cobalt, Cobalt Blue, and Sterling Silver. Let me know if any of those things excited you about the, the, the cool PlayStation state of play. As far as my opinion between Nintendo and PlayStation, I would say Nintendo undoubtedly won. But hey, you know, I am a Nintendo fanboy, so what do I really know at the end of the day? I'm not really able to see it from the, from the outside lens. With that, we're going to get into our final news story. Unity in hot water over its new fee policy. They're now backpedaling after a wave of developer backlash. What's the fuss and what's next for the gaming giant? Unity, the well-known game development platform, recently faced backlash over its new runtime fee policy, set to take effect on January 1st, 2024. Let's see. Hang on. I lost my place. Which would, change, which would charge developers 20 cents per install for any game exceeding 200,000 installs. Following widespread criticism and confusion about the term install, Unity clarified that only net new installs would be counted and not reinstallations, fraudulent installs, trial versions, and other categories. Despite the clarifications, the development community expressed significant disapproval, with some developers vowing not to use Unity or threatening to delete their Unity-based games. Unity acknowledging the feedback apologized for the confusion and promised changes to the controversial policy. An insider report from Bloomberg indicates Unity is contemplating capping fees at 4% of a game's revenue for developers earning over $1 million. This is a big, big mess. There is a lot to cover and there are a lot of things to talk about. I thought about just doing uh, a special like twig segment maybe next week or as this thing continues to progress of just deep diving into this Unity mess and the whole thing that is going on. But basically, Unity has messed up big time. They've really stepped on the toes of their developers and they've just made a weird choice, a very Elon Musky choice, if I may go so far as to say, with, with Twitter and with X now, of all of the stuff that is going on. The tech world is kind of crumbling in upon itself financially. We're seeing some really weird and bold fiscal decisions being made by the tech world in general. I'm curious to see how it will continue to develop 
But it's not going well. It's not going well, and people are really starting to fight back. There is this weird tension, I feel like, between media and people that create and people that consume going on right now. And we're in like a kind of social cold war with each other, where we have this sag after thing going on, we have this unity thing going on, and we have all this stuff with celebrities who we thought were in touch with all this stuff with Drew Barrymore, which I almost considered including in tonight's show. We got a lot going on in the media tech world with the rich, the people that are providing, and the consumers. And we are just more divided than we've ever been. And I think unity is just another example of the division and the tension that is going on in this weird space. So the weird question for us is to uh, really ask ourselves, what are we going to do about it? And the harsh answer is often nothing. We can't really do anything in regards to this, except for try to make the right decision when the right decision comes and support the right people who need the support in that time. I think we will see a lot of changes happening in all of these industries. And it's very curious to see where this continues as we continue to press forward into all of the messes that are being lit, all of the fires that are being lit. It's not included in tonight's show, but I even saw that, that Elon is now considering charging everybody for X instead of just people that want to opt in to blue. So it just continues to perpetually get worse and worse. And the dumpster fire that is the internet and tech and media culture is it's really, it's really in a weird spot. And so I would encourage you to be patient. If you are in the industry, if you know people in the industry, be patient with them, support them, love them through this process. And us as consumers, we're going to try to cover it, be aware and know about the things that are going on so that we can at least have a good understanding of where we might stand personally, morally, ethically in all of these conundrums. With that, we're going to move in to everybody's confirmed favorite segment of the show. Cryptic critique. That is right. It is time for Cryptic Critique. So this is a little game show that we have here on Twig in which I am going to be reading off three bad reviews, three bad reviews of a very popular, typically five-star video game. Now, I got to be honest. Typically, I say one-star reviews. This time, I just picked bad reviews because this game was next to impossible to find anybody that had given it a one-star review. At least in my reviewing sites, it was very, very difficult to find a one-star review. So if you want to play along with us, keep the answer in your brain. Make the guesses in the chat. Make the guesses down in YouTube. See if you can figure out before I reveal the answer. First prompt is, these are real reviews, real bad reviews of a five-star game. The first one made me realize I was really dumb and can't do puzzles. Prompt number one, made me realize I was really dumb and can't do puzzles. Prompt number two, I just don't have time or patience to finish something that's probably only a six out of 10. I just don't have time or patience to finish something that's probably only a six out of 10. Prompt number three, everyone in this game should stop talking. <laughs> Everyone in this game should stop talking. There's your three prompts. Number one, made me realize I was really dumb and can't do puzzles. Number two, I just don't have time or patience to finish something that's probably only a six out of 10. And number three, everyone in this game should stop talking. Any guesses? Any guesses out there? All right. Five, four, three, two, one. The answer to this question is Portal 2. 
Portal 2, one of the most legendary games of all time. An iconic five-star game that nearly everybody loves and loves everything about it. Apparently, most people feel like this game is too smart for them. And the third one is that they don't like all of the characters talking. Now, there were some more problematic prompts out there that I turned away from because they got they got a little a little heated about this game and some things that I think they may have been taking a little bit too seriously. But that is that is the answer for this one. Portal 2, the cryptic critique has been concluded. Thank you for playing along. Let us know down in the chat or down in the comment section of YouTube if you got that one correct or if you're watching over on TikTok. Let me know if you got this before I revealed the answer. With that, we're going to go into not everyone's favorite segment of the show, but a darn good one. That's right, it is to the Discord. So if you would like to submit news to us, you can utilize our Discord Ask Questions, Get Answers section, or you can submit news directly to us at bit.ly slash deartwig, D-E-A-R-T-W-I-G. We're getting into the first bit of news that was submitted by Sneaky Pig. One Piece sails forward with a smashing success on Netflix, promising more adventures, Monkey D. Luffy and his Straw Hats crew. Will they finally uncover the elusive treasure? <laughs> no. Shira Oda, the creator of One Piece, has confirmed through a video message that the series has been renewed by Netflix. Since its release, One Piece has quickly become the top title on Netflix, garnering a whopping 37.8 million views in under two weeks. It has also made its mark globally, reaching in the top 10 in 93 countries and securing the number one spot in 46 of those. Boasting a 96% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes from over 10,000 ratings and generating over 4 billion search impressions on TikTok for hashtag One Piece Netflix, the series' success is evident. The franchise follows the journey of young pirate Monkey D. Luffy and his Straw Hats gang as a search for the legendary One Piece treasure. The live action adaptation is a collaborative effort between Shusha, Tomorrow Studios, and Netflix. At the end of the first season, a cliffhanger hints at more peril for the Straw Hats. Now, I love One Piece, and I was super excited with the live action. I thought it was exceptional. I think it got the, it got the thumbs up from me. If you like One Piece, then I would recommend it. I think that it's fine. If you've never watched One Piece because it's too long, then I think you should absolutely watch this because it is such an easier way to binge through this iconic series in a much shorter format. I liked the live action actors a whole lot. I thought they were all fully bought into their characters and had a really good, a really good chemistry with each other. So I appreciated this one and I highly recommend it. If you'd like to watch it and then watch our latest nerdy sermon over on our YouTube channel, then I would encourage you to do that as well. With that, we're going to do our next news story. Also from Sneaky Pigs, Mortal Kombat 1's Nintendo Switch release has fans doing a double take at the eye-popping graphics, but not in a good way. Mortal Kombat 1 recently re released on the Nintendo Switch, and it is facing a wave of negative reviews and becoming a subject of memes due to its poor graphics, particularly the character's eyes, which appear to bulge out awkwardly. The Nintendo Switch version was anticipated to be visually inferior to its PS5 and Xbox Series X and S counterparts due to hardware limitations. Still, the extent of the downgrade left many fans disappointed. Digital Foundry's John Linneman commented on on the eye's odd appearance, stating that they seem static and mostly unlit. The Nintendo Switch version is priced at $69.99, which has been a point of contention among fans since it matches the price of the superior versions on other platforms. This has led to discussions about a possible port to a rumored next-gen Nintendo console. IGN's review of the PS5 version of the game scored an 8 out of 10, praising its gameplay and single-player story mode, but criticizing its new Invasions mode and dated online options. I fully intend on watching the story of Mortal Kombat 1. I don't know if I'll actually get the game and play it, <laughs> to be honest. I really enjoy the story. I enjoy the lore more than the actual gameplay of these games. 
Um, but it is pretty embarrassing to see things like this, to see the characters like this. There are more embarrassing ones. There's one in particular that keeps going around of Melina and her sharp teeth, and she just looks real bad. So it is, it is rough. It's rough to look at. It's tough to see. I'm not totally surprised. I feel like there is a, there's a certain like buyer's remorse here. You know, I mean, yes, $70 is too much to charge for Nintendo Switch version. And yes, if you are a one console person and this is the only thing you can do, then, you know, then you're kind of stuck with it. It's kind of just, you know, it's, it's, this is the situation that you find yourself in. Would you rather play the game or not play the game on Switch if you only own a Switch? If you own more consoles than a Switch, then you should probably get it for anything else. <laughs> you should probably just not do it. And and that shouldn't be enough, but it is kind of going to have to be. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to release where they're going to release. And unfortunately, we don't really have a say in how much they charge. We can we can be mad about it. We can be upset and maybe they'll consider changing it. But I would just be surprised. I think we just need to get used to the $70 game experience regardless of where we are. But yeah, exactly. Xando says Mortal Kombat on Nintendo has always been inferior. Exactly. This is just continuing the history. This is this is perpetuating the cycle that we already know to be true. So that is the story. That's pretty much how people feel about it. I feel like yeah, I, I don't care about graphics in particular, but this is pretty embarrassing to look at. It's hard to deny. It's hard to deny when you look at it just how embarrassing the graphics are. But I also just got done playing Baldur's Gate on the Steam Deck, and I got done playing, or I'm not done, but I'm playing Starfield on the Steam Deck. And you know what? They look real rough. They look real rough on the Steam Deck. I got all the graphics settings turned down pretty doggone low, and it looks pretty rough. And I just kind of got a deal because I understand the hardware that I'm working with and I understand the experience that I want to have. I want the story and I want to lay in my bed. And I, I have two kids and I cannot just stay out into the middle of the night playing games. So it's just kind of you deal with what you got to deal with, make the decisions that you think are the wisest and go on from there. With that, this has been to the Discord. If you'd like to submit news again, bit.ly slash Dear Twig, D-E-A-R-T-W-I-G, or just use our Ask Questions, Get Answers over on our Discord, exclamation point Discord at any point in the chat here on Twitch, or it'll be down in the description of this YouTube video if you're watching there or listening on the podcast. With that, we're going to get into, once again, a great section of the show that is not everyone's favorite. At this point in history. What was released on this day throughout time and space, September 19th throughout history. Some pretty neat games, some pretty neat TV, some fun facts in there as well. We'll go through games first. Back in 2022, Return to Monkey Island. It doesn't feel like it's already been a year since that game came out, but sure enough, Return to Monkey Island came out last year on this day. In 2019, an indie game called Crying Sons, which you should know about. Sayonara Wild Hearts, which you should know about. And then Mini Motorways. If you never played the Mini Motorways series, you really should. Fantastic little arcade games and then sonic racing came out in 2019 and then it go sonic racing so it's very fun and 2006 the godfather the game came out if you remember those 2005 game boy micro and mist 5 uh, the fifth mist came out and then also in 2000 tony hawk's pro skater 2 was released. So those are the games that were released on this day throughout time and space. Some more things that were released. TV. What was released on TV? I really only included one, and this might be a pretty dated reference, and some of you may be like, who? But in 1970 on this day, the Mary Tyler Moore show premiered on CBS, which is a pretty neat little fun fact. Not super nerdy, but a pretty interesting thing. Mary Tyler Moore was a bit of a cultural phenomenon, and uh, pretty fascinating that we're already 53 years away from it airing. That's 
insane. Movies that released on this day, 2014 Maze Runner. I always wanted more out of that franchise. I was super intrigued um, by the book and the movie and, and thought that it deserved better. And then a confusing day for all Christians in 2003, Secondhand Lions released on the same day as Kate Beckinsale. Isn't Kate Beckinsale's Underworld? I'm pretty sure it's Kate Beckinsale. Let me make sure. Who was in Underworld? Yes, Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale's Underworld and Secondhand Lions. I had no idea those two movies released on the same day, but for some reason that just brings me a lot of joy. Those could not be two more averse movies to come out on the same day, but... That's hilarious. And then some random fun facts that released today. The iPhone 6 went up for sale in 2014 on this day. And AOL, Time Warner, I bet you didn't even know it was called that, dropped the AOL in 2003. The same day, I'll have you know, as Secondhand Lions and Underworld starring Kate Beckinsale premiered. So they dropped AOL on the same day that those movies aired. This has been, uh, at this point in history, in nerd history on this day, September 19th, throughout time and space. With that, we're going to get into some of the upcoming releases. All right, what is coming out this week? There's a lot. There's a whole lot for us to go through. TVs, movies, comics, and games. We got the full suite, even a DLC, which I mentioned earlier in the show. Some TV that's happening this week. We have a new reality show coming to Apple TV called The Supermodels starting tomorrow. A young Love, for those of you that have kids and have maybe read the book Hair Love, there is a new animated series based off of the book Hair Love called Young Love coming to Max on the 21st. On the 22nd, Still Up is coming to Apple TV. On the 24th, the new Dan Harmon project is coming to Fox called Crepopolis. And then on the 25th, The Irrational is a new NBC procedural starring Barry Allen's dad from the CW Flash show. So if you liked him, he's going to be in a procedural. Should be fun. But that, we're going to move into some movies coming out in the next week. Coming out on the 22nd. All the movies actually are coming out on the 22nd. Uh, a movie called Drive Away Dolls. Drive Away Dolls. That is Ethan Cohen of the Cohen Brothers. Uh, is working on a solo movie. So this is his solo project. We'll see how he does without his brother. Expendables 4 with, uh, with an, a 4 instead of an A. And it's just called Expendables. Uh, it's coming out. I have no idea who's in this one. I can't believe they made four of them. Sly Stallone, you guys. You can't stop him. Flora and Sun. Looks like a cute movie coming out. And then Scooby-Doo and Crypto 2. I assume is probably coming to Max. If it's not direct-to-video, I'd be amazed. So if you want some DC action mixed with Scooby-Doo, there you go, coming out this week. In the world of comics, we have an interesting week. Coming out today, Wine Ghost Goes to Hell. Looks like a pretty interesting and random comic. It looks, it looks like a cartoony, goofy, fun, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I really don't read comics very much, but... This one intrigued me, and the art was fun. Uh, and then coming out tomorrow, we have the first, I assume first edition uh, of the new 2023 Captain America line. So if you like Captain America, if you like Marvel, I think we're getting a new suite of Captain America starting tomorrow. And then also an omnibus, or maybe the first volume, of the Predator versus Wolverine series starts tomorrow. So if you really wanted to see how Logan would do versus a Predator a literal alien creature bounty hunter from space, then look, that's your opportunity to experience what that's going to be like. And maybe they'll make a movie out of it. I'd watch it. 
All right, finally, we're going to get into games that are coming out in the next week. We've got an exciting suite of games coming out in the next week, starting with today, Bit.Trip Rerunner plus Rerunner Maker, a rhythm platformer, is dropping today, alongside the much-anticipated Bloodborne-like Lies of P officially released today. I believe day one on Game Pass, so you can go play it right now if you got Game Pass. Coming out tomorrow, Hellsweeper VR, Moonstone Island, Party Animals, and Witchfire. And then coming out on the 21st, we have Estrella Six-Sided Oracles, which is a dice deck building roguelike game. Days of Doom, a tactical turn-based game. Evolings is a new monster catcher. Payday 3, if you don't know Payday, I mean, we're, it's Payday. Ren the Last Child is a platformer coming out. Super Adventure Hand is a game where you get to be a hand. Mm-hmm. Warhaven is a new 16 by 16 war simulator coming to the 22nd Bud Spencer and uh, Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill slap some beans Two is a new comedy beat em up game. EA sports FC 24 too many shortened words there, but whatever junk world is a new tower defense game. And then Pikmin one and two, the combined collection. Although I thought I already had that, but I'm a little bit confused about what they're doing. It's coming out on the 22nd, 24th robo dunk. You can guess what that game's about. You're a robot, and you dunk a basketball coming out on the 24th. And then 25th is a new shooter, El Paso Elsewhere, releasing. And then we have one piece of DLC on the 21st, as I mentioned, RE4, Resident Evil 4, is getting a DLC called Separate Ways, in which you get to be Ada Wong and learn more about her perspective uh, of that night. With that, we're going to move on to another not favorite segment, not favorite segment of the show. It is the meme of the week. This week's meme is actually contributed by myself. And this one comes from an episode, I assume, of The Flash, because I don't remember this in Arrow and I never finished The Flash. So this is this is Arrow saying, do you trust me? And then Barry saying, whether he sell my body. It says, random guy in game that crouched and uncrouched multiple times. And then me, I trust them with every cell of my body just because they crouched and uncrouched multiple times in a game. It is amazing the way that we have learned to communicate as gamers and the way that we're able to get across our point and truly develop a bond of trust just from uh, crouching and crouching. Uh, just that B button, B button to, 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 to just establish an unbreakable bond of trust with each other. I thought that was a fun little meme and the community agreed. If you'd like to contribute your memes to our Memes and Goofs channel, then you could be supported and selected for next week's segment of the show. With that, we're going to wrap this one up. This has been Twig, your weekly geekly family-friendly news show delivered live on twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church each week, keeping your family connected to the world of nerd news. If you watched this far, then you likely enjoyed this one. So remember to give us a five-star on your podcast app. Make sure you subscribe. When we get to 100, real Twigs, we're doing a whole set and everything. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Click that like button and recommend this show to some of your favorite nerds out there. We're going to end this one as we always do with our three things that we believe to be true about every single one of you out there. If you're watching on YouTube, everybody here say, bye, YouTube. We were the number one. God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's what we're doing here. And number three, that you, yes, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place. Why? Because you are in it. With that, and until the next time that I see you, whether it be on another show here on our channel, whether it be over on Twitch or in our Discord, or same time, same place for another Twig next week, I look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye!